Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's good to be here, Dan. Um, Chris, good to be here too, although it's been a pretty painful couple of weeks here for us, uh, watching the market getting just throttled uh, day after day, it seems. And you know, after you know, some relentless market selling for what's been about probably about the last three weeks, um, it seems like the equity market is, is finally starting to stage a, a bit of a modest rally. Um, you know, do you think this is just a, an oversold bounce, or do you think that the, potentially you know, there's a, another driver behind this rally? Yeah, no, I think we're shifting out of the initial phase of the sell-off. Uh, and we see some evidence to this effect. Uh, one, you know, financial conditions have tightened up significantly. We're seeing that in housing data with, you know, pending and new home sales uh, declining quite significantly year over year. Uh, we're seeing a slowdown in consumer spending. And this, you know, this tightening of financial conditions was designed to address the uh, non-transitory components of the inflationary pressures. And we're also seeing a sell-off and a breakdown in the commodity markets, X oil and natural gas. So your soft commodities are selling off as well. And when you look at, you know, uh, routine indices that kind of measure financial conditions, you know, we're right back to normalized levels. We don't have a lot of excessive um, financial easing in the marketplace right now. So I think the market's starting to signal, hey, Fed, you know, you've done enough. Um, and we can see that as well in the long end of the Treasury market where volatility has begun to decline and we're starting to see a rally in bonds. So the initial sell-off of, oh, you know, everything's overvalued, both fixed income, long duration, and cyclicals, and we've sold off, uh, we're, we're finishing that stage of the sell-off, and we're transitioning to, um, I think, the next stage, which is we start to evaluate, you know, what the damage has been. And, the, you know, the, we're getting some big bounces, but it's on declining volume, and there's a lot of short covering going on. So there's elements out there that would say you know, it's just a, another uh, bear market rally in, in, in what may be a cyclical bear market. Uh, but we are we are definitely moving to the to the next phase of this. All right. So if, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, it sounds like we're you know finished with the first phase of, of the equity market correction. Um, now, if I'm looking ahead, you know, what would you say is the, is the next catalyst for the market to, to move either you know higher or lower? Yeah, I really think it's going to depend on the on the Fed. Ultimately, we're going to get through second quarter and start to report second quarter earnings, <clears throat> and early in that third quarter period, and and the second quarter is really important because. During the second quarter, we're probably going to see the greatest rate of deceleration in economic activity and see the greatest deterioration in earnings and earnings expectations. So as we move through, uh, wrap up the second quarter, start to report earnings in July and August, and that information comes to light, we should really bring down meaningfully second half expectations um, and then we'll see how much of the markets you know, already discounted that. And I'm hopeful, too, that we'll get the rate increases for the, for the next subsequent meetings out of the Fed as they follow up to where the Treasury curve already is. But then there's a, a two-month pause. And if the Fed really does pause in light of the deteriorating financial conditions at its September meeting, um, then hopefully, you know, the worst is behind us and we don't, this doesn't turn into uh, further credit issues or, um, you know, a, a hard landing slash recession. Um, now, 
you know, there, there's a case to be made that the Fed may go over and above what's necessary because they want to gain back some credibility and, you know, kind of keep the inflation genie in the bottle as much as possible. Um, because I don't think we're necessarily going to get the correction in oil prices, and that's always going to have upward pressure on inflationary conditions. Uh, so I really think it's up to the Fed at this stage. Uh, do they pivot if they need to? Do they reverse course if they need to? Or are they really committed to damaging financial conditions and, and create more of a negative wealth effect and create a little bit more unemployment um, to, to squash any inflationary conditions that may linger. So as thinking about this, so, you know, are you considering the potential for kind of a hard or soft landing for the U.S. economy? And, you know, from there, you know, what, what is the risk versus return for the S&P at the current levels? Yeah, you know, it, just from a rate of change standpoint, it's really difficult to thread the needle and have a soft landing. It's not completely off the table. And if we were to have a soft landing, you know, I would tell you, you know, we're right about where we should be from a fair value standpoint, and there's not a lot of, of upside. You know, maybe there's 4 or 5% upside from here. Um, what I would consider a hard landing slash very mild recession, and again, we're just decelerating so much, it's hard not to have uh, something that would, would mimic uh, a kind of a mild recession. You know, we could really fall a lot further. There's a bigger correction here. We could get into, you know, that 3,200, 3,400 range on the S&P. Um, and then it'll really depend on what's the, the Fed's response and do they ramp back up QE or cut rates. Not that I think cutting rates would have too big of an impact. The real downside case for the market is that, you know, we have a recession uh, we have some, and we develop just some modest uh, credit issues within high yield, but that we really kick, we've really kicked off a commodity super cycle. And if we've really kicked off a commodity super cycle, and we're going to have this slowdown in the face of persistently higher commodity prices, I think we could break 3,000 on the S&P fairly easily. Uh, that would be most likely to occur in the first half of next year. Um, that said, it's not, it's not because there's not weight places to make money. It's because of the way the, the market, the cap-weighted markets are constructed, and there would just be a lot more capital and selling out of some longer-duration assets as it tries to move into the cyclicals, and it's the weightings that would create such the, the downdraft. On top of, we'd need to bring down earnings expectations growth expectations, and unfortunately, we'd lower uh, market multiples fairly significantly as well. Um, and these aren't unprecedented. You know, they happen uh, at the beginning of every commodity super cycle as, as, you know, the market reprices growth multiples margins and who's going to be able to grow earnings and who isn't. Um, and it's not uncommon to see these drawdowns at the very beginning of a commodity super cycle. So that's that's what's in front of us, and we'll find ways to manage through it for sure. All right, Chris, um, if we drop uh, S&P below 3,000, <laughs> uh, I'm cutting your mic off. Uh, so, 
Um, all right, last question for today. Yeah. Um, you know, on our last podcast, you, know, you mentioned um, you didn't think the Fed had the ability to, to raise rates uh, potentially further from this yeah. point. You know, today we started talking about a couple different outcomes. Um, you talked about you know what if the Fed does raise and then followed by an extended pause, um, or if they do raise, right, right. And with the efforts to um, you know really uh, uh, put a cap on um, on inflation, right? Yeah. You know. We'd probably see some further pain, things like increased unemployment. Yeah. You know, in your opinion, what, what would you, what would you do? What, what do you think is the right path ahead here? I, look, I think the Fed should go forward with the fifty basis point rate increases over the next few meetings. Pause. Look at what damage has been done. Um, the sovereign market is signaling that and it's already signaling they're already and and the market understands this they're already taking some of the future rate increases out of the market uh, and i think they need to pause i you know i think we've tightened up financial conditions sufficiently we really need to take a look and see uh, what difficulties we're going to have in the back half of this year like we're going to get some more food inflation although the soft aggregates have rolled over you know that initial move higher is still uh, in supply chains and, and headed our way. And I, I'm unfortunately very concerned that we're not going to get the relief in fossil fuels, mean, meaning crude oil and natural gas that we need. Um, and that's going to be a real headwind as well. So we're, we're going to move into this stagflationary environment. And I know a lot of investors think, well, you know, if you, you can't have a recession and have inflation, and you can. I mean, you can have tight financial conditions, uh, you know, low to no to negative growth and inflation still be an issue. Um, and so I think the Fed needs to uh, slow down once they once they make these first few moves. And we can't forget either, they still are planning to do QT and QT ramps up in June. So this June, August period, I expect we're going to see a lot of volatility and then it'll be what actions they actually take in September, October. Good. All right, Chris, good one for today. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you on here soon. Sounds good, Dan. Great. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson strategies.